This is the Wealth Standard Radio, your gold standard in everything financial. Hey everyone, this is Pastor Donahoe. Welcome to the Wealth Standard Radio. This is episode 163, and I have nobody better to host than uh, Will from the Street. Yes, sir. We, we need we need like we need like a music intro. I know. I need some, my own theme some, music with some turntables yep. in there. Okay, so Will, you're here with me today, and uh, we're going to be talking about some sports-related mm-hmm. items and topics, but this is uh, where it gets a little bit more technical because we're going to get into a little bit more about what we do, mm-hmm. right, which is uh, every, every so often we get into those details, so forewarning, but we're going to relate it to something that's uh, recently come up in the sports industry that made uh, a lot of headlines, yeah. okay, and uh, so I had you research it, and mm-hmm. you kind of have, you know, found some really cool quotes and really cool ideas that came from it, so that's what we're going to be uh, discussing today. Cool. Uh, but what I want to do is just uh, give everyone an, uh, an update on some of the content that we have on our website. Will we? I don't think we've ever like acknowledged that you wrote an ebook this year, and it's available to anyone who wants to download it. Let's put a link in the show notes for that. I just feel so underappreciated, you know. You know, I, I know we try to we try to <laughs> get away from, get away from that, but you know, if you don't speak up, then I know. how are we supposed to know? Uh, okay. You have to demand things, dude. I do. Yeah, oh, I'm not demand. very good like, at demanding this things. This is what I want. This is, these are my demands. Okay. All right. I'm going to, boom, my fist. This is my fist on the table. <laughs> boom. Just hold, so we're lot, you know, we're, so you can hold the podcast hostage. Oh, yeah. Like, listen, I'm going to be, uh, I can today, filibuster. Gonna, I'm going to, exactly. I'm going to talk about all the legalese of yeah. everything that I, I'll right. start reading names from the phone book. That's uh, I can't remember who did that in history, but that That's was amazing. a popular filibuster. Type, okay. Tactic. So anyway, so so Will's uh, Will e- Will's ebook is on there. It's, mm-hmm. it's his story. It's how he came to kind of uh, see what we were doing and uh, and his career in the legal world and how he made the transition. And yep. and anyway, it's, it's it's great read, and I think you guys get a kick out of it. So uh, so we'll put the the link in the show notes if you want to uh, download that. Also, you can go to our website paradigmlife.net, and uh, in our resources section there are. A, number of resources that's that's just uh, that's just one of them all right man so let's uh let's do this so so our topic today is essentially the news headline of uh, one of the highest paid uh college football coaches at michigan Mm -hmm. okay uh there was some uh news about his uh, newly kind of negotiated uh, compensation packages, yep. right? So let's let's talk through it. So I, I heard it from Lieb. I mean, Lieb's over here to help him produce the show. Lieb sent it to me. You sent it to me. Dan yeah. sent it to me. So you know, there's a lot of headlines out there. People yeah. are kind of seeing mm-hmm. that. So so first off, when you saw that, what what went through your mind? I mean, sure. obviously it piqued your interest. Yeah. In fact, I mean, I was on vacation when I was kind of scrolling through Twitter, and so that kind of the headline came up and. I'm a huge college football fan, and uh, and so I saw. I, I think in the in the article link, it said something about Jim Harbaugh, who's the coach at at Michigan, and um, and him getting this bonus. And then it said something relating to life insurance, and mm-hmm. I thought, well, that's that's kind of interesting, mm-hmm. you know. So I clicked on it, and it was an ESPN article, you know. So it wasn't like some you know backwoods behind the scenes publication. It was yeah. on ESPN. Mm-hmm. So I read the article and I thought, man, that is so cool. You know, where he he renegotiated his contract back in June, but there was this provision in the contract for an additional bonus at some point. And I think kind of reading uh, behind or reading between the lines a little bit, they were they've been working on this insurance policy since June, probably oh. you know, maybe the underwriting, that yeah, sort yeah. of thing, mm-hmm. working out the details. But now that everything's all approved and in place they've funded this policy and they announced that, hey, this is the other piece to his compensation package. Interesting. Yeah. So looking at, again, looking at compensation, most people don't realize, okay, why, why would, you know, why would he receive compensation 
uh, for as a life insurance policy, yeah. right? So, so let's kind of go into those mm-hmm. mechanics. So this isn't this isn't an, an anomaly. I mean, a lot of this yeah. is is practiced in you know the executive world. I mean, if you went to the SEC filings of public companies and looked at you know what are the compensation packages of uh, you know key key employees and executives, right? You'll see interwoven in there a lot of you know annuity products and life insurance products that you know are are negotiated in advance. Now these aren't you know the executives don't come to the table and say, okay, this is you know this is what I want. Okay, these are a lot of the high level professional advisors you know, use a lot of these products in order to um, to benefit not only the people paying for it right yeah. like the uh, like the corporation uh, or in this case the university right right but it, it's also you know it's for them as well right to, right. It's to you know there's some mutual or all encompassing benefits mm-hmm. right both for the person that receives the the actual benefit initially but then you know there's also kind of default clauses and what if this happens this happens yep. and you know obviously with the insurance side of things which we'll get into is in the end the university does benefit from oh, it. Oh yeah. Okay. So let's kind of let's for those that really don't have this understanding that this is a a widely practiced strategy. Okay. So why why do you think they came to the table and said okay, you know Jim wants this because obviously you know his agent was probably negotiating for sure. him, right and some advisor his advisory board or whatever. So why would they come to the table and say okay this is what Jim wants as far as compensation? Sure. Yeah. And I think just to your point about it being widely practiced. Um, I mean, I've read probably a dozen or so articles um, and some, you know, there were a couple that I read where they interviewed, uh, you know, financial professionals whose job is to help um, you know, high profile athletes with insurance needs and, and other things. So I think there's, there's this niche that isn't always talked about, you know, it's a lot more enjoyable, a lot more fun, I guess, to talk about him winning a football game than it is to talk about his financial package. Right. Sure. But, but I think um, also strategy, looking at kind of high level strategy, yeah. if you look at the predominant, the predominant kind of middle-class strategy, there's so much news and press about it, yeah. but it all comes from the financial media. Exactly. Right? Because, so skewed. And, yeah. Exactly. So you look at, you know, really the, the, the bell curve of our demographics in the United yep. States, right? Right in the middle is where, you know, we see all the financial media talking about 401ks and IRAs and mutual funds and ETFs yep. and target date funds and, you know, all these different products that basically do or don't do the same thing. Right. Um, but the, you, these higher level strategies are not often talked about because it's kind of the tails of the the tail end of the, the bell curve, right? Where there's such a small population that actually does it that right. most people don't know about it. Right. And, and you know, back to your point about, um, you know, why, why, would, why would Harbaugh demand something like this? Or why would his agent suggest, hey, let's do it this way, right? Because this is no small uh, piece of, it, of the equation, right? He, his, his base, sal- well, his base salary is like $500,000, but then with endorsements and appearances and all this, all, all this other stuff, it's another four and a half million. Mm-hmm. So he has $5 million of just regular uh, compensation, compensation, regular salary. Mm-hmm. But then with this insurance policy piece, that's another $2 million, mm-hmm. right? That's a significant chunk of per his year. total compensation, year, right? $2 million a year. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's $4 million in the first year. Okay. So it's $2 million now, mm-hmm. and then it's two, another $2 million in December before the end of the year. Got it. And then it's another $2 million, I think, for another five years. Got it. Um, and I mean, I think, you know, knowing what we know about, you know, the way that corporations structure these types of policies mm-hmm. on key employees mm-hmm. where, and there's some, there's some key tax advantages. Yeah. Both for the corporation itself, or in this mm-hmm. case for the university, yep. but then also for the key executive, yep. right? Where there's a reason why they're not just cutting him a check mm-hmm. and saying, here you go, made out to Jim Harbaugh for yeah. $2 million. Yep. There's going to be some critical tax advantages there. And then he he sort of gets the, the beauty of, as we know, of the policy is you really do kind of get your cake 
and eat it too, right? Mm-hmm. Where he gets the benefit of this of this policy. And some of the articles that I read talk specifically about his ability to take policy loans, mm-hmm. right? He's got this accumulating cash value. He can use it. He can access yeah. it. The only restriction, I read another article that said that the only restriction was that he has to keep liquid at least 150% of the premium value. Got it. So that if he surrendered the policy yeah, yeah. or if he were fired or something like mm-hmm. that and they cashed out, universities protected, they can get their the, the premium dollars yep. essentially back. So this was this was interesting is most people don't look at like a, a, an insurance policy, which could be you know an annuity or a life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. They don't look at it as a contract and it kind of is a is a trust of sorts. Yeah. Right. Because if you look at these type of agreements, right, it's not a handshake agreement. Right. Right. You look at, you know, the endorsements that you can put on onto, you know, the actual physical bound policy, those are endorsements that insurance companies have to abide by. Right. So if you look at I've done this for a lot of business owners and real estate investors where you can you can lean a policy, which sure. means you can put an actual, you know, stop on uh, on any, you know, loan activity or surrender or mm-hmm. non-premium payment. Okay, because if you know a bank says, "Listen, I'm going to give a million dollars for this commercial building, but I want, you know, the building as collateral, but yeah. I want other collateral." Okay, a lot of in, a lot of real estate investors, I help the number of them, you know, put a lien on their policy. That the bank is the beneficiary until the loan is paid back, so they can't do anything above a certain amount. Okay, uh, or else. You know they're they're in in default, and the insurance right. and the actual bank can actually take over the policy itself, mm. and that's probably the same thing with the university, which is yeah. okay. If you don't do this, then the contingent owner right is going to be the university. They're right. the beneficiary, right? But they put clauses in there that basically say, okay, well you you can only have this amount uh, loaned out or withdrawn so that we can make up the principal payment, right? Which we made, which and that in this case would be two million dollars per year, right? But they want to basically get that money back down the road. They're going to give him compensation. Exactly, he gets access to it, right? With very favorable conditions, I'm sure. But then when he passes away down the road, which is, you know, he's going to, this is like way down the road. He's 50 years old. He's 50. This is, you know, 30, 40, 50 years down the road, Mm -hmm. but the university basically gets compensated at that point. Okay. When he passes away. Exactly. Yeah. And, and there's, there's an interesting article and this, this comes from uh, the Detroit news and they, and just, this is, I think relevant to what we're talking about right here. Okay. So it's Detroit. So we need to kind of like, yeah, I guess we just kidding. No, just, that was terrible. But we need to edit that. The, uh, this is a quote from, uh, from the, uh, the financial professional, the, the guy essentially who, who designed the policy, built the policy. Um, and, and he says this, uh, he says, I'm, I'm really proud of the instrument we're using. We're using life insurance as a vehicle to deliver value. I think that's a critical piece. He says, the great thing is the value. The way the design of this works, he, meaning Harbaugh, gets value that he gives back when his estate settles years from now, which is exactly what we're talking about here. The university is essentially loaning him the money during his lifetime, but it comes back to us. I'm really proud of this idea. It's a great deal, Mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, it's one of those seems like perfect situations where Harbaugh benefits, Mm -hmm. right? He gets, there's tax advantages. He has access to use of cash value. The university benefits because this quote unquote compensation is money that they'll get back at some point down the future. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally everyone wins. Yeah. I don't think, you know, you look at, you know, what, well, why wouldn't they put money into, you know, an IRA form yeah. or put money into a 401k? And, you, and you're talking about millions of dollars, millions, here, right? Yeah. So you look at, you know, really the provisions that exist for, you know, the, the middle class when it comes to our uh, financial strategy, right? It is kind of predominantly targeted toward the securities world, right? Toward, mm-hmm. toward Wall Street. And that's where, you know, you have $20,000 a year limitation now for 401k contributions. You have, you know, limited for Roth. You have to be um, obviously within a certain, um, 
uh, a certain income level to be able to take advantage of that. If you're above, you can't. Uh, so you look at, you know, also IRA contributions, but then self-employed people with other, you know, SEP, SEP IRAs, which, you know, or, or other plans that are structured for self-employment people anyway, or solo Ks. There's lots of different plans out there that exist, but the contributions are, are, are minimal, right. right? Relative to this. So you look at like a lot of the, the compensation that exists for executives and highly paid employees, uh, which includes Harbaugh. I mean, he's, yeah. he's an employee the university in a sense. Okay. But they do design these kind of non-qualified deferred compensation packages that basically is all insurance. Yeah. Right. So looking at, again, there's, there's a stigma out there when it comes to insurance and Dave Ramsey recently uh, came out and said that, you know, uh, life insurance is the predatory lending of the middle class. Right. Right. So you look at, you know, the sentiments that are out there and, but then you look at this, you look at banks and, you know, the the literal billions they have in insurance plans. Okay. You look at really, it it, it comes down to a misunderstanding of the Mm -hmm. objective. And in my opinion, right. Cause you look at Harbaugh, you look at, you know, other major groups and you look at just how big the insurance industry is, is as a whole. Okay. And it's like, you scratch your head and say, okay, well, if Ramsey is so right, right? Why does why is the world basically doing you know the, the, the opposite, high the, yeah. the the high the the wealthy, <clears throat> the successful? And why are they doing kind of the opposite? Yeah, right. So what you know, as you looked into this and you mm-hmm. were trying to read between the lines, uh, obviously it's on ESPN. So you yeah. have a lot of you know people that are reading this and they're like scratching their heads and saying, okay, well this person says this and this person says this. Yeah, right. So. This guy Harbaugh, I love Harbaugh. I'm a oh, Michigan yeah. fan. No, I'm not. I'm not saying I do, but I'm saying the oh, people the that people are reading, like sure. reading the article are like, mm-hmm. I love Michigan. I love Harbaugh. And it, he's getting paid. Well, well, yeah. well that well, I, I'm taught to do this. Why is he doing yeah. that? Okay, so if you're if we're looking at that, what would you say to people that are reading that article? They're basically saying, well, why would he do that? Right? Like, why wouldn't he do this? Like I'm doing. Yeah. Right. So what's what's good, your response to that? And I think number one, I mean, even maybe one step short of that, I hope, I mean, I sincerely hope that people are reading the article and and are making the connection to themselves. Mm-hmm. In other words, and we obviously we preach, uh, we preach this all the time, which is you don't have to be a multimillionaire to apply this strategy, mm-hmm. right? This, this win-win proposition is something that we strive for with every single client we work for. In other words, you don't have to have a seven-figure income like mm-hmm. a Jim Harbaugh. And so I hope that as people read that ESPN article and other articles, that they make that connection to themselves and say, well, you know, it, it is, well, he can only, only he can do that. Only he can I do can. This is something for the rich, for you know, sure. for the elite. And, yep. and I, you know, I make a hundred thousand a year, 75,000 a year, whatever. Does this apply to me? And I hope that they'll make that connection and start to mm-hmm. sort of question some of those conclusions, mm-hmm. some of the things that they're taught. Yep. Um, number one, and assuming that they do, you know, my, my response to that is, is exactly that, that you don't have to be a Jim Harbaugh mm-hmm. to build something like this for mm-hmm. yourself, right? And to, and to, be able to reap the same rewards, the same advantages, um, you know, to to create the same sort of stability and foundation in your own financial p- framework, right? For sure. in your own financial economy. And that's a great, that's a great, I mean, those are huge points, right? Yeah. Which is, this isn't just available to them. There's also a lot that the average individual can can do, right? okay? So let's go to another point, which is, okay, w- what about the person saying, well, he's an idiot. Why would he do, why would he do that? Yeah. Like everybody that everybody says in the financial media says, that's the stupidest thing to do. He he just got taken to the cleaners. What would you say yeah. to that person? I'd say, I mean, if, if I heard that, if, if somebody had said that, I'd say, well, let's, 
let's kind of analyze your argument, right? What's the basis for that argument? Mm -hmm. Where are you drawing your conclusions and based upon what information? And I think we'd probably find that if we were to split that argument into individual pieces, we'd find some serious either misinformation that that person had been exposed to or just completely off the wall conclusions that, you know, you're like, you know, just talking about Jim Harbaugh and, and, and yeah, you don't have to be some prestigious college coach in order to apply this. We can also look at that and say, okay, he's no dummy, right? He's a smart guy. He's going to be surrounded by brilliant minds. The president of the university of Michigan is no dummy, Mm -mm. right? The athletic director is no dummy. None Mm -hmm. of these individuals are idiots by any stretch of the word. Mm -hmm. And if they're all coming to this same conclusion that, hey, this is a great idea. This benefits you. This benefits us. Mm-hmm. Everybody wins. Let's do this. Yep. We should also be kind of drawing some conclusions from that as well, saying, wow, there's some really sharp people coming to the same conclusion. And that is that there's some serious value here. Yep. So here's the other thing. Here's the other thing too. And we'll go, we'll go to kind of the, the, the negative side and just in just mm-hmm. a second, uh, more the nefarious side. Um, but another thing too, I want to really point out is the idea of mis- misinterpretation or right. misunderstanding, right? Because I think when, you know, really, if you look at the world and what, uh, what has resulted in horrific things, mm-hmm. it's because of just very simple, basic misunderstandings, yep. right? Like you, you look at, um, you know, the world, the world is, the world is round or the world is, is flat or the earth is the center of the universe. You look at just the, you know, when, when a person comes to a conclusion about a specific thing, okay. And suddenly there's this other opinion or other perspective. It's like wars break out. Oh yeah. People are thrown in, in jail, Galileo. You look at, you know, this idea of what well, people are just not open to, to different opinions and perspectives. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, one of the Ramsey ideas, right. Is that, you know, he had a bad experience at one point from his, from his history. Right. And because of that one experience, which really had nothing to do with the insurance because of that experience, suddenly there's a label placed on something. And that's the, and again, defending a person's opinion for fear of everything else they say being discredited. Right. They're going to stick to that opinion until the day they die. Right. Because, and that's the other funny thing about humans, right. Where, where if we do everything right and we make a little mistake here or there, it's like, we're so afraid of that little mistake because it potentially will discredit everything that we do, which it shouldn't. Right. right? But it does. Right. Look at political, the political mess that's going on. I'd start swearing if I could on the radio, but it's like, (laughs) it's a, it's a mess. It's a cluster. Right. Because you have, everybody's attacking flaw here, flaw here, flaw here, flaw here. Now you look at, again, is there somebody on, is, nobody's flawless. Everybody makes right. mistakes. Everybody makes errors. But yet if a person makes this thing or this thing, suddenly like the, everything else that they've ever done is discredited. Yeah. So, you know, one of the, I was, I was thinking about this as we were preparing because I look at somebody that's reading Harbaugh and he's like, well, why, why would he do that? And man, he got totally taken. He should have yeah. done this and this and this and this. Right. And again, all that is based on an opinion that was created by somebody else's opinion, but it was created by an experience that was probably yeah. misinterpreted. Right, right. So the so I was thinking about it and uh, I came across something from a, a friend of mine, Mike Dillard, uh, which maybe some of you guys know. He's a, a big uh, a big marketer and he has a really cool kind of technology project that he's working on right now. But he posted something the, the other day because he does a lot of, you know, uh, information uh, products and packages. And, you know, he was, he had a message on online from somebody that purchased his, his package, right? And he had said something, you know, on one of his trainings. And basically the saying was, uh, the devil was in how your process works, right? Or the devil's in the details. Mm-hmm. 
it's that type of yeah. that type of saying. Okay, so the, but there there was a response by one of the um you know one of the people that purchased it and was listening to his training that said you know I'm I'm a minister and I want nothing to do with the devil. <laughs> sure, <laughs> right. And Fair so a statement, and, right? he, and he's like, if if you don't denounce the devil, then you know you 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 know I, I want my subscription canceled. Right. right? And it's like <clears throat> you know just a simple simple misunderstanding, right, could lead this person now to completely lose yeah. out on on who knows what right right because they do not have an open mind to say okay well <clears throat> why did you say that yeah right what did you mean by that as opposed to just coming to a direct conclusion based off of just a, a simple phrase right. and, and just you know the, the and, and that's something that we can just sit back and i think just about anybody could laugh about because it's <laughs> such i mean it's a, he's taking literally an expression, right? Where the devil is literally somehow present in those details and Mike Dillard has to denounce it. It's almost like a, you know, I use the expression, oh, I put my foot in my mouth because I said such and such. I didn't literally cram my toes yeah. and my entire foot in my mouth. That's an expression. <laughs> it's you amazing. Know? But it's just, we're like, yeah, the hu just human human beings, our, yeah. our ability to, you know, be logical and irrational at the exact same time. Exactly. Anyway, so that's so that's the idea is like you, you look at somebody that was that was saying, okay, why did Jim Hobart do this? And what's what's his strategy? And what I, I look at, you know, really at the end of the day, it comes down to having an open mind, mm -hmm. right? And being, being able to understand uh, and not cling to opinion or cling to bias. And I think yeah. we oftentimes do that, whether it's race uh, or lifestyle, or we, we really just have these, you know, social type of strong opinions right. that we we cling to <clears throat> and we're so fearful of letting go. Right. But I think in the letting go, we're able to come to our own conclusions and understanding about what is right as opposed to who is right. 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 So you look at really, you know, the the idea behind our education and what we put online uh, and our, our free programs, our free e-learning, really what it's to do is to get a person to understand what is right. Not who's yeah. right, but what is right. Right. And that's why, you know, our use of certain software and calculations, which, um, you know, calculations can still be a subjective, sure. right? But trying to be as objective as possible and say, okay, it, it's either right or wrong, but here's how the numbers work. If the math is right, if the numbers are right, then it's, it is true, right? right. You don't have to utilize an, an in, imperfect perception and bias to come to a conclusion. You can right. actually, you know, see it from the, one of the most objective ways possible, which is quantification, which is basically number, numbers, interest, and calculation, right? Yeah. So the idea is, you know, the education, really understanding what you're doing is, is vital. If you are, uh, you know, if you're, if you're planning and strategizing based on cliche or based on social opinion or based on what this person says and this person says, you're always is going to have an immense amount of risk. Oh, right. right? And so our, our idea, and this kind of goes to the Jim Harbaugh thing, which is, you know, we, we preach that some of the best risk that you can take is with yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's not taking risk, you know, with somebody else. Okay. This is where you have all the control. So the reason why we use insurance products in the insurance industry is it's the most sound model that exists, right? Because right. it deals with the only inevitability that life has to offer, which is your death, your death mm -hmm. right? Which is passing away. Nothing else is guaranteed, right? Even that's not to an extent. I mean, who, you can debate back and forth, but sure. it is the closest to the only certainty that exists, right. right? So that industry, right? They base it on, there's a whole science, actuarial science, where people go and get master's degrees and figure out, well, if this variable, which is, you know, their medical history, and if this variable, which is the area of the country they live, or this variable, which is their height and weight, 
um, ratios, Ratio. mm -hmm. right? Or their cholesterol, their blood sugar. I mean, they come, they have this science associated with determining what is the probability of this person's death. And then, right. then they use the law of large numbers to come to a specific conclusion, right? And then come up with a cost and a premium. Mm -hmm. So we utilize this industry, but we utilize a facet of the industry that is uh, even more attractive, which is at the end of the day, you have for-profit insurance companies that do this, but then it comes down to the ownership, right? There's two types of owners that are out there. It's public ownership, which is basically um, through the through Wall Street, through uh, markets and exchanges, mm -hmm. or you have mutual ownership, right? Which is based on specific policy owners that purchase from a specific company and their profits uh, of the insurance company go to that individual uh, that owns a policy as opposed to a shareholder that purchases on, on Wall Street. So the idea behind you know the industries that we use, it's really to create the a, a certain return and a certain expectation okay right. and that's when these this industry has been around for hundreds of years and it's never really had many issues there's been some blips with a lot of stock companies but with most mutual companies you know there's it's it's been so very sound the most sound industry that's out there so the reason why we use the products is to secure the wealth that you have built so that you can take risks with you know being able to start a business or being able to um, do this with with money that you control whether it's you know a, a website or training that you take uh, you, you do you go to school or getting certifications taking risks that's associated with you creating more value right as opposed to taking your money and giving it to somebody else and yeah. hope that they win the lottery with it. Right. Right. So Harbaugh, you know, what has he done previous to this point where he's able to get paid, you know, that kind, that of, money. kind of money per year, right? He wasn't born and just like suddenly knew how to coach. Right. Right. What did he, what did he do along the ways? I mean, he coached, he, you know, he, he learned how to do to get certifications, right? He yeah. probably took communi he was a player. Communi he he's a player. Yeah. Communication skills. Mm -hmm. uh, he, you know, learned relationship skills. I mean, who knows the mm -hmm. extent of the training that he went through, but he is earning that money, oh, yeah. right? Not because he bet on somebody else, right? He's earning that money because of what he brought to the marketplace. Exactly. Right? And then he's putting what he's earning inside of the vehicles that we're talking about right now, yeah, exactly. which is vehicles that are not going to essentially demise because of a market correction. Right. Vehicles that are not going to demise because of, you know, inflation or a currency collapse market, you know, basically an industry that is the most sound place to store wealth. Right. And, and, and just maybe to extend that a little bit further and he's putting his money into something that if he were to pass away, is going to pay to his family many times his salary, mm -hmm. right? Is going to make up for the loss of that income. Yep. Um, and, and it's interesting, just you know, this this line of uh, of discussion that we've had here. I had a I had a talk uh, with my brother in law just last week. Um, sharp guy, um, and he lives in Southern California, Orange County, and super successful. Does really really well. And he kind of texted me out of the blue and just said, "Hey man, um, it sounds like you and I need to have a discussion." He said. I, I want to talk to you about what I'm doing for retirement. He said, I think the market's overvalued. I don't like that. I don't have control. And it sounds like you're doing some things that are a little bit different. Uh, and it just so happened that my mother-in-law was down there and visiting them for a month. And I think it, you know, must've come up during discussion. Yep. And so I called him and we spent two hours on the phone and I just kind of explained what we do and why we do it, mm -hmm. you know, and not saying that, hey, you, you, you know, it, it's not as though you can't ever uh, contribute to a 401k or mm -hmm. something like that, or they're, you know, to use the Dillard guy's uh, statement, <laughs> it's not like they're the devil, literally, right? Um, there are just other things that you can do to allow yourself to retain some control, mm -hmm. 
to bet more on yourself and your ability and, and to do things that give you the ability to truly diversify and not put your money with somebody else who's really just trying to use it to, to win the lottery. And yeah. so we talked a little bit about what I do, talked a little bit about investment real estate, you know, a few other things. And, you know, kind of the conclusion of the, of the conversation was, man, I, I, I need to get into some, some of that kind of stuff. Cause yeah. he's like, up until now, the only thing I've ever done is contributed to my 401k yep. and that's it. And I think that's a social conditioning that's yep. out there, right? Which is, yeah. you know, if you earn money, this is what you do with it. Just yep. because, you know, the, the financial media is really just kind of polarized and said, okay, this is over the, whether it's commercials or whether it's, you know, the sponsorship of stadiums or whether it's, you know, the, what I mean, the, the newspaper, magazines, yep. I mean, it's all over the place. There's channel, there's, yep. you know, uh, TV channels specifically devoted, right, to the financial media. Yes. Right. So whether, you know, Bloomberg or CNBC or whatever. So you look at, you know, just the, the idea behind why people do what they do. Again, it's this idea that everything happens outside of you, right? And so looking at really taking control of your finance, it's not that you don't put your money anywhere. It is, but that is the area where it is secure. And then looking at, you know, how to continue to grow it, that's where most people kind of get caught up, right? right? Because looking at insurance, you know, is it is it this, you know, double digit type of return? No, it's not. But when you factor in, you know, what else you would have to do outside to get with the yeah. insurance cut, you would have to do double digits, double digits in most places. But the marginal ability, which is going above and beyond that double digit, let's let's say it's 10%, the marginal risk associated with that is huge, huge, right? From going to 10 to 11, 11 to 12, 12 to 13, it is insane getting a long-term type of rate of return, 20, 30, mm. 40 years, that's going to be in that arena. The risk is just in, insane. So the idea of, as far as what we teach is how can you, you know, basically be educated and make better decisions and those decisions will give you more money right and so we've you know we talked about a couple of weeks ago with our car you know our car podcast which right. is buying a car everybody gets screwed buying a car yeah right or at least the majority of people have had a bad experience there and you know really have um regretted it but don't necessarily have the education to 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 be able to make a, a car purchase decently. So we kind of talked about, you know, over the course of time, we did some calculations, which is, you know, you're going to lose up to $200,000 as an individual, right? If you don't understand the tenets uh, and the principles of buying a car the right way, if you educate yourself that way, now you're going to be able to, you know, utilize whether it's a, a policy loan or even use it as an option to go in and really understand, okay, what is the best deal for me? And right there, Look how much money you, I mean, if it is $200,000, could be more, could be less, but you're going to make something, yeah. right? Or, you know, going into a, a, a home purchase, right? And avoiding mortgage insurance, which could be two, three, four, five hundred 500 bucks a month. But if you right. understand, wow, if I put just like 10% more down or 5% more down, I can avoid that. And that's where you use a policy loan to do yeah, that. Exactly. You, so again, it comes down to that. Also, you know, I was, I was thinking about my, my neighbor the other day, who's, who's really ill right now. Um, but we had a discussion about how uh, how he kind of negotiated some of his commercial leases, right? Because he's a, a contractor and has, you know, uh, like a storage building here and some other things. And, you know, basically he has always been able to go in and say, okay, I'm going to give you all, you know, a full year's rent, but I want a discount of 15%. Mm, and he always yeah. got it, right? But nobody goes into their landlord and say, listen, I, I you know, my rent's a thousand bucks a month and I'll give you, I'll give you 10 grand. Right, right now the for the entire advance. year, yeah. right? Or 9,500. Most landlords are going to be like, uh, okay, right. right? But yet nobody's educated to, to do that, right? They're taught right. that making money doesn't exist in your ability to negotiate or find deals. Your ability to make money happens 
outside, outside of, you. of you. It's trusting yeah. somebody else to actually do that for you. That's a, and that's a great point. I mean, even there, uh, we've done this in our family where you, you can even, without even negotiating, you know, you look at your car insurance premium, there's almost always a difference between paying it on a monthly mm -hmm. basis and paying the entire premium up front. Yep. I mean, that's something that just right there, yep. we don't consider that a rate of return, yeah. but why wouldn't it be? Yeah. You know, what, what, why wouldn't that be a rate of return? Well, it's and, also and it, deductibles too, yeah. right? It's yep. like if you have, you know, with, with your homeowner, with your mm -hmm. homes, with your cars, with a, you know, an umbrella policy, if you look at all the different deductibles, okay, essentially you could go to the highest and you might only save a hundred bucks, 200 bucks a month, but that's 1200 bucks a year. Yeah. You that's replicate 20, that a few different year. times. And, mm -hmm. and so that's the idea is, okay, well, deductible, well, now I have to pay out of pocket. I'm like, you do, right? But if you had a you know a thousand dollar deductible on your car and you know 500 bucks was the damage, you're probably going to pay the 500 bucks anyway, right. as opposed to filing the claim and now getting a hike in your insurance rates. Right. So the idea is, again, it's the smart thinking associated with all the different, uh, you know, expenses that that we have. Right. And that's what's amazing. I mean, with, and this is totally getting off topic, but, you know, we discovered uh, a number of years ago because we use uh, Salesforce as our technology platform. But we realized that a lot of the vendors for Salesforce, they just like come up with, you know, the price for their service out of the blue. They don't even mm. like, there's no like meth there. And we've negotiated all of it. Like David in the office is like the master negotiator, <laughs> right? Because they have no idea, but yet how many people are conditioned to pay whatever the ticket says, yep. right? And they never, it, and they, they may say no, right? But if they say yes, and if you have the ability to pay upfront for the year contract or pay six months or, or, you know, change the terms around because you have capital, you're going to get huge deals. Right. So that's kind of where, you know, looking at the intelligence associated with financial life, we focus more on that, which is what you fully can control. Right. Okay. As opposed to betting on something, you know, some external factor where you have no say and no idea what's going on right. to create your destiny for you. Yeah. And I, I, I use the term whenever I'm having this discussion with a client, just because th this is, this is one of those things where, you know, we, as we get into the education of what it is that we do, then, then comes the, the, the fun stuff, in my opinion. Then you get to start to kind of expand the client's vision of what else is possible. Yeah. And I refer to this concept as capturing a return, right? Where you're actively going out cool. and hunting for ways that you can trim here or trim there, yeah. pay cash here, pay upfront there. And that generates a return mm -hmm. on that outlay. Yep. And I, I, yeah, I like to refer to, the, uh, you like to use the term capturing a return just because I think there's so many ways that you can do that and have absolutely nothing to do with mm -hmm. the market or you giving your money to somebody else and hoping that they're successful with it. You're out, you're active, you're in control. Yeah, I and I think, it. yeah, and I, I would say that, you know, and maybe our, maybe you can put, put uh, some of the onus on the school system sure. uh, or just society in general. But we're not taught to, negotiate, right? We're right. not taught to debate. Debate is kind of one of those like ugh, awkward, awkward yeah. things, but debate is amazing. Debate is really how you come to what's right. Okay. Not who's right. Debate is, you know, especially if you have two open minds, it's, it's amazing what can be accomplished. Okay. So looking at really what we're talking about here, Jim Harbaugh got to the table, right. And he negotiated, yep. right. And he had people that helped him negotiate and he was able to probably get more than what they would have given him basically saying, listen, here's this insurance policy and I want you to pay it. And here's how I'm going to benefit, but here's how you're going to benefit, exactly. right? Which is I'm going to get all this benefit up front. Okay. I'm going to get benefit for the long run, but you are going to get benefit 
you know, down, down the road. Right. Do you really need the money right now? I mean, it's Michigan, right? You guys kill it, right? But this is something you're going to get back down the road and it's guaranteed. Yeah. Okay. So again, the negotiating power that exists there is, is profound. Okay. But at the same time, people look at that and say, well, that's, you know, multi-millions of dollars and it's Jim Harbaugh and he has people. Still it's the principle, yep. right? It mm-hmm. could be, you know, for a hundred bucks. It could be for a thousand bucks. It could yep. be for 500, right? The the principle is still the exact same thing. And the financial vehicles that you use in your life have a make a huge difference there. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the last thing that we'll talk about and then we'll then we'll end, which is the, the flexibility side of things, right? Because you look at a 401k, um, you look at a mutual fund, you look at an ETF, what does it do? It has one job, that's it. Right. The job is you put money in and hopefully it grows. And then when you retire, you need it, you take a withdrawal. That's it. Okay. You look at really the products that exist in the insurance world. Okay. It's like a Swiss army knife. Mm. Okay. This is kind of like a, you know, the ETF is like a butter knife. It's like, it's not even like the butter knife. It has like the, you know, the, the little teeth on it. It's like the butter knife. It's like flat, right? And it's like <laughs> right. curve and all it does is butter, yep. right? You can't even use it to like, you know, cut asparagus or whatever. Yeah. It's like a but, little tiny <laughs> butter knife and that's all that it does. Right now it's like a, it's a, I don't know how, what the equivalent would be for the actual financial company that administers it, but you know, that's probably like, you know, this steak knife that's, you yeah. know, has like a pearl handle or whatever. But the idea behind insurance is that it is, it's a Swiss Army knife. It does so many different things. There's flexibility, there's asset protection, there's privacy, there's loan ability. There's, you know, a big benefit if somebody passes away prematurely. Okay. You can put it up as collateral. Um, you can transfer it. You can transfer ownership. You can put it into a trust. You, I mean, there's so many different things yeah. that you can do with it. You can pledge it. You you can donate it to charity and get a benefit from it. There's so many different ways to use it. But again, where does that use come from? The use comes from you, comes from a person. Okay. Whereas, you know, the 401k, it was created, okay, for the benefit of somebody, but it wasn't the person putting money into it. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway. We kind of went off on a kind of a diatribe <laughs> no, today good, in regards yeah, like to, to that, but, but anyway, this has been this has been good. I mean, I think yeah. these these type of uh, news stories and they're they're happening all over the place. Yeah, right. This is I don't know why they decided to put that on ESPN, right? But it might have you know piqued somebody else's interest. Yeah, right. But this type of this this stuff it's not an anomaly. Right. right? This is happening all over the place. If you look at all the executive compensation packages, the golden parachutes, and and how they kind of structure their 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 plans both for now and in the future it always includes the insurance industry, oh, yeah. right? And you can go and do all the research. In fact, I would say a book that if you really want to get into the weeds and, and have a, a good attention span, it's it's Barry Dyke's uh, second book, right? Which is um, Pirates of Manhattan 2. Sure. It's like, uh, gosh, it's like, I can't remember like the subtitle of it. Yeah, I can't but remember. anyway, it basically goes in and says that, you know, <laughs> Wall Street exists so that executives have more money to buy insurance. That's, that's the kind of the premise of the book. <laughs> so anyway, that's a great, great book. Yeah. And you know, Barry's been on the show before, but you can buy that book off of uh, his, his website or on Amazon too. I think it's at. but anyway, any, any, any final words as we part, this has been kind of like, no, a, yeah, this has you know, been a, we've, been, we've been back and forth on a number of topics. Yeah. But, but I, I love it, you know, and just to reiterate your point at the end that this, you know, sometimes you get the question, well, no, why does, why don't more people do this? Why don't more people know about it? Mm-hmm. And reality is, People do it. Mm-hmm. People do know about it, especially those who are sophisticated. I mean, yeah. if you look at the sophisticated types who are doing it, it's happening all over the place. Yep. So it's, uh, and there's a re- reason for that because cool. it's it's fantastic. So, All right, Will, you're fantastic. You know, you, you know, being here, it's, it's been that. fantastic. It means a lot to me. <laughs> <laughs> good, way to, good, good, good way to end the, end the podcast. But on that note, again, thank you. Hope you guys yep. enjoyed the podcast today. And uh, we will, uh, we'll talk to you, uh, we'll talk to you next time. 
Thanks for joining us on the Wealth Standard Radio, your gold standard in everything financial. 